0: Hello, and welcome to The Soul of Business with Blaine Bartlett. I am your host, Blaine Bartlett, and we are going to pick up where we left off on the last episode, uh, continuing a conversation with my very good friend, Martin Root. And for those of you that weren't with us in the last episode, I'm literally going to invite you to go back and listen to that, because it sets up perfectly something that we're going to be talking about in this episode, uh, which is Project Heaven on Earth. Um, But before we get to that, just a brief introduction on the soul of business. This podcast is organized around uh, a a very basic premise. Um, Business is the most pervasive and the most influential force on the planet today. There is literally nothing on this planet that escapes the touch of business's activities. And as a consequence of that, it's my bias that business is not just... uh, uh, Okay, that's. Can you hear that? It's yeah. I can, yeah. It is distracting. Okay. Hello, and welcome to the Soul of Business with Blaine Bartlett. I am your host, Blaine Bartlett, and today's guest is uh, someone we had on the show in the last episode, Martin Root, very good friend of mine. And I'm going to talk a little bit about why I'm having him back again uh, in just a moment. But first, just a brief introduction to um, this podcast. Why this whole of business? It's my bias that, um, and it's actually my observation as well, that business is the most pervasive force on the planet today. I mean, there is literally nothing on this planet that escapes the touch of business's activities. You know, I can be um, uh, an oyster in the middle of the South Pacific and my shell is going to be deteriorating because there's so much uh, CO2 in the water. Uh, direct consequence of business's activities. The result of this is that from my perspective, uh, business has a moral obligation to act as a steward of life on this planet uh, simply because nothing is, ex- you know, is, is escaping its touch. The implication for me, and this is where the soul of business conversation comes in, is that everything is connected. And when businesses begin approaching what they do from the perspective that everything is connected, they start making decisions in a different way. And this is one of the ways that the soul of business begins to be accessed and leveraged for the greater good of all. it's my contention that the purpose of business is not to make a profit. Making a profit is useful, obviously, but it's also necessary if you're going to stay in business. But the purpose of business is to uplift the experience of being alive on this planet, to uplift the quality of living on this planet. And if business is doing that well with their products and services, you're going to be making some money. You're going to be making a profit and you'll be viable. Part of the way that that begins to happen is that we begin to find ways to allow the spirit that was originally with the organization's founding to emerge. That's where aliveness begins. That's where imagination begins to uh, appear. And that's where new ideas and creativity and innovation begins to be sourced. You can't impose innovation. You can allow it to emerge. And it, it emerges when spirit is accessed, when the soul of business is allowed to flourish. So, I welcome you again to the soul of business uh, podcast, and I'm specifically excited, uh, to welcome our guest, uh, Martin Root. Um, in our last episode, Martin and I had a fascinating conversation around the spirit in work, uh, spirit in the workplace. And I invited, uh, uh, Martin to speak a bit about his, uh, gestation, I guess, (laughs) would be one way to think about it. How did he come to uh, begin uh, even approaching spirit in the workplace? And he literally is um, probably the uh, person that started the inquiry into spirit in the workplace back in the 1980s. And in our last session together, he talked about that and how it actually has informed a lot of what he's doing today. Um, Just a real quick uh, summary of where he's come from just as part of his uh, CV or his resume. Uh, He is the author of Chicken Soup for the Soul at Work, which has been translated into 20 languages with sales over 1.1 million copies around the world. Um, He was the first Canadian to address the corporate leadership and ethics forum of the Harvard Business School, and he's been back uh, four consecutive years as the keynote speaker to that prestigious forum. Uh, He's also the co-founder and past chair of the board of the Center for Spirituality in the Workplace. Uh, His pioneering work on spirituality in the workplace was featured in an address he gave to the World Bank, which was shown in part on ABC TV special, Creativity, Touching the Divine. Um, The current work that he's doing is organized around and centered around something that he's calling Project Heaven on Earth. And that's what I want us to talk about today. And I think, again, you're going to be fascinated by not only the depth of uh, Martin's uh, expertise, but also the breadth of what he's attempting to accomplish with Project Heaven on Earth. So my good friend, Martin Root, welcome. Thank you, Blaine. What a wonderful introduction. Thank you. It's a delight to be with you. It's a delight to have you here again, so project Heaven on Earth, talk to me a little bit about uh, we, we came from spirituality in the workplace. yep how did how did this move into what you're now calling uh, Project Heaven on Earth?
1: Well, if your listeners have listened to the previous interview,
0: <clears throat> excuse me, you'll
1: know that I helped begin the, the whole inquiry into spirituality and work and was in that for a good 20 twenty five years. And then about 25, 30 years ago, I was doing a keynote address here in Santa Fe at a conference organized by a good friend, Jim Barry, on spirituality and work. Yeah, I remembered his name. And uh, I was in the green room getting ready to go in, speak, and this thought popped into my mind. If every business in the world is spiritual, is that what you want? Because I'd been working on that for for such a long time, and I said, no if we can transform business, because business is the temporal power in the world today, if we can transform business, we can transform the world. And then this thought popped in my head, oh, you mean heaven on earth. And my first reaction, Blaine, uh, I won't use the swear words, but was like, what? <laughs> you can't say that. <laughs> you can't say heaven on earth. I mean, whoa.
0: Well, that kind of goes back to you can't say spirituality in the workplace you know, 25 exactly. years ago, 30 years That's ago. It. I had the same thought,
1: exactly the same thought. So <clears throat> what happened was I said, well, you can't, I couldn't talk about spirituality at work 25 years ago. Why can't I talk about heaven on earth? Because I can clearly speak to you about hell on earth and all the hells on earth that are going on in the world. <clears throat> Why can't we talk about heaven on earth? Why can't we talk about the yearning, the longing that people have for the kind of life and work and, and world that they want. And so that began this inquiry into, so what's heaven on earth? How do we make this happen? Is it possible? Is it not? <clears throat> and I just, because I, I had no preconceived notion of what it, what it meant. So I, I just went around to people saying, well, what's heaven on earth for you? What's heaven on earth for you? I wasn't trying to impose any answer. I didn't have an answer. <clears throat> I was really doing my research, my field research as it were. What's heaven on earth for you? What's and I began to see some patterns. I began to see how can we distill this inquiry in a very powerful way. And so what I discovered is three questions which I would like to ask you and I'd like to ask the, the viewers and listeners. Please, <clears throat> when I ask the question, pause, answer the question for yourself, and then come back because it will make it a much more powerful experience. So, Blaine. Yes. I've already asked you this permission to do this. Recall a time when you experienced heaven on earth. What was going on? Recall a time when you experienced heaven on earth. What was Uh,
0: going on? Okay. Um, I was. Do you want to describe what I was doing or where I was at? However you want to talk about it. I I was standing in a trout stream in southwestern Oregon, and I could feel the water pushing against my legs and, and in my waders. The, the air, smell of uh, pine, you know, pine scent. Uh, I could hear birds chirping. It was uh, fairly early in the morning. Um, there was this transitional time between the sun just coming up and warming the air, and still this little bite of coldness from uh, the, the, the morning. Um, I could hear the rippling. There was no no traffic sound. I mean, there was literally no sound but nature around me. And and I hadn't even cast my line yet. I, you know, I was fly fishing in the stream, but just standing there, it was such a sublime experience. I felt connected to everything. I was, and I was, my, my senses were really heightened. I was hearing things, I was smelling things. I was, I was very conscious of, and I hadn't noticed this in quite this way before the, the force of the water moving against my legs as I just stood there. And it wasn't a big push. It was kind of a gentle flow because it wasn't a fast moving uh, river. Um, But that's, you know, when you ask that question, that is literally one of the first things that popped into my mind. Good. Second
1: question. Imagine you have a magic wand. And with this wand, you can have heaven on earth. What's heaven on earth for you? So again, imagine you have a magic wand and with it, you can have heaven on earth.
0: What's heaven on earth for you? As I wave this wand, um, it's an experience of connection. Um, It's an experience of honoring. uh, uh, Mostly it's it's an experience of being awake. Not asleep at the wheel, but awake. I notice what I'm noticing. I notice what's around me. Uh, I am struck by beauty everywhere I turn. Uh, Even in the smallest things, it may look uh, curmudgeonly. Yeah, if I could use that word, there's beauty in it. Um, you know, there's a the Sanskrit word called uh, rasa, the, uh, the 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 thisness of something. You know, Latin also is haecity, uh, the the thisness of something. Spirit is evoked. Spirit moves through the smallest thing. It it imbues everything with life. And heaven on earth is I'm I'm appreciating that. I'm I'm aware that everything has that spirit, and it's not spirit that's unique to it. It's spirit that is of everything. And this is an expression of that spirit in a very specific way. And I'm awake enough to appreciate that. And I'm encountering, you know, others, and this is, you know, it's, it's a relationship. And so I'm encountering others that are having that same um, experience with what their uh you know, observing and smelling and tasting and working with in, in their lives. It's an right. honor, <clears throat> Mostly, it's an honor.
1: Very clear. Thank you. And then the third question, what simple, easy, concrete step will you take in the next 24 hours to move that forward?
0: <laughs> That's a great question. It really is. Um, simple, concrete, pragmatic step. Um, I'll hug my wife. Good. Uh, uh, I'll rub my dog's ears. Um, I'll actually, uh, you know, when we're finished with this uh, uh, interview, I'm going to get up and go work out (laughs) because I want to feel that sense of life moving through me. And I think I'll also just, you know, I'm I'm here on the West Coast. Uh, I'm going to watch a sunset tonight because the sky is clear enough that I can do that. And uh, it's not raining. So I think I'll just go watch a sunset and uh, relish the sunset.
1: Wonderful. Now let's look at each question in more detail. So question one, recall a time when you experienced heaven on earth. What was going on? What you did was very beautifully talk about being in that trout stream. I was there with you. I could feel the water against your boot. That's question one. What you did not do, Blaine, is you did not say to me, Martin, what do you mean by heaven on earth? Blaine, no one says asks that question. People do what you did, which is they answer the question. So my contention is the only way you could answer the question is you must have what I call an already knowing within you about yeah. what that is. And you go, boom, Oregon. <laughs> trout fishing second question here's a magic wand the reason for the magic wand is it removes the necessity of having to know how you're going to do it and if you don't have to know how you can go purely and powerfully into the what and you did and i wrote down some of the things you said connection honoring being awake, rasa struck by beauty appreciation aware of not only myself but others as well So what I find when I'm doing seminars and workshops, people know what heaven on earth is. They just know. I thought I'd have to come in with like a jackhammer to know. It's very simple. And then the third question, what will you do about it? And the third question has two components. You'll either do something new that you've never done before, or you'll do something that you've done before, but it will be with a new context of this is my contribution to heaven on earth.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: hug my wife rub my dog's ears uh, look at the sunset so <clears throat> what those questions uh, do is to say to people you have had an experience of heaven on earth you know already what it is and in a much deeper sense you do know what heaven on earth is if I <clears throat> gave you everything on that list right now would you take it of course you would
0: Absolutely, everybody yeah, everybody.
1: yeah. So I want to make that conversation about what heaven on earth is for you. I want to bring it from background to foreground so that I can come up to you one day and say, suppose we've never met before, Blade, hi, I'm Martin Root, hi, I'm Blade Bartlett, blah, blah, blah. Uh, what do you do? Today? And What are you doing for Heaven on Earth? And you would tell me. Mm-hmm. And you would ask me, and I would tell you. So it would become normal conversation. And then the third thing is: <clears throat> what simple thing will you do so that it moves forward? And so that's the premise, uh, and, and, I, and I, I, you, you, uh, you said something before, but I have so I a little plug for the book. Can you read, read the title of the book, please? Project Heaven on Earth. There's another title embedded in the same title. Project Heaven on Earth. Project Heaven on Earth. Yes. <laughs> yep. So it's both a state of being and a state of doing, <clears throat> That's what this this book and this work is about. So let me stop there because what I've discovered by uh, asking those questions over and over and over and over hundreds, hundreds of times, is what there are seven major gateways of answers that people give. Seven major gateways into heaven and earth. But so let me just stop there and see if you have a question.
0: Well, um, and I want to I want to touch on those major gateways in just a moment. But I, I have an observation, uh, not quite a question. Um, when I started playing around with the notion of uh, tapping into the soul of business, and more, more specifically approaching business from a compassionate perspective, compassionate capitalism, um, one of the major objections I got was, well, the human condition doesn't allow for that. And I'm going, well, that's an interesting thing. And as I explored it and I really started playing with it, it and this was not a big epiphany, but it was one that was seminal in one sense, because It occurred to me that the human condition is a learned condition. Yes. And it doesn't have to be that way. And to the point of of your three questions, all of us have the experience of what it means or what it's like to have the soul, the spirit, come out and live, both at work but also at home, in my life. I know what heaven on earth is. I know what spirit alive on earth is. And it's not the human condition. It's, if I can learn to put a lid on it, I can learn to take the lid off. Brilliant. And that's the observation here. So um, I, and I, would, I would add to that in, in my way of saying it,
1: same thing, which is we think that the story of being a human and being humanity is called not heaven on earth. This is not heaven on earth and it can never be. Yes, we still have some lovely meals and some experiences of having ours, but ultimately no it can't be. <clears throat> that is learned as well. Mm-hmm. So how do we start this new story? Ten or 15 years ago Blaine you heard a lot of people saying the current story is not working. We need a new story. We need a new story. But then you stopped hearing that. And, and my suggestion is the reason you stopped hearing that is because nobody named the new story. Yes. So I'm saying we are naming the new story, if you choose. And it's called We Are Experiencing and Co-Creating Heaven on Earth. How do you start a new story? It's like, how do you start a new business? How do you start a new relationship? By declaration. Mm-hmm. By saying, I mean, people said to me, but how could you start this? I mean, who are you? And I said, Well, because I saw the current situation, I didn't like a lot of it. And I said, we need a new story. What could that new story be? We're experiencing and co-creating heaven on earth. I say, that's the name of the new story. And then I began. So part of this is the realization that you can create a new story, that we can create a new story. And that the way to do that is by giving a declaration, by saying so, by using the authority of your word to create this new
0: story. The power of declaration is not to be underestimated in any way, shape, or form. No. Uh, I mean, John Kennedy, and I'll be cliche here, but by the end of the decade, we will be on the moon. That declaration changed the nature of human exploration in a lot of ways, changed what we as as human beings thought was possible. Yes.
1: So declaration
0: changes what we believe is possible. It does. That, leadership is the art of expressing possibility in a way that people can begin to see it as becoming a probability, and then a reality. And then a reality. That's so,
1: exactly what's going on with heaven on earth. It's impossible. Oh, it's possible. Possible. Oh. It's a potential. And by just taking one little step, I may. You know, and then there are other people all around the world who are already. Oh. And then and we in. don't
0: look at current reality to make a decision about what the future would look like. And again, that's what passes as the human condition today is um, people will look at current reality and go, well, that's you know, just what we've got. And I can't see it being much better. So we get iterations of the current state. Yes. And I believe fully that I can make a declaration about an ideal state you know my blog ideals in motion is about that this podcast is about that ideals in motion the soul of business accessing life doesn't have to be held captive to what has been and the you know the idea of you know we can live on heaven on earth we we already do we're just not experiencing it as such let me go in
1: there because that's very, very important. <clears throat> there is the fundamental belief is that heaven is a place that exists up there after death. Fine, but what about here? Where does it say that this also can't be heaven on earth? Heaven here on earth? It doesn't say that. Mm-hmm. It does not say that. Even in the Bible, in my book, I, I do a whole chapter on. The expulsion from the Garden of Eden, that, that basic notion, that basic tenet, but it's not accurate that we can't go back in, in neither Judaism, Christianity, or
0: Islam. Not accurate. That's mind-boggling, I know, but it's actually accurate. No, it's not mind because the, the premise is, you know, in order to go back in, we have to have left it. It never left us. It never left us. We just we left it. In. Yeah, that's true. So, so my reality is an expression of an inner of an inner dialogue. And if I begin to change my inner dialogue, I begin to change what I experience as an external reality. And that I think is where some of the seven major questions that you referenced start to move us, is we begin the questions change dialogue. Questions questions serve two purposes as far as I can tell. They they actually you know, provide information. I ask a question because I want some information, but they also point a direction because I have to go in a certain direction to get the answer to a question. So I'm curious, what are the seven major questions that you call Seven major gateways. Gateways, gateways, yes. What are the seven <clears throat> major gateways? What are the questions that move me into those gateways?
1: The three questions I asked you move you into the gateways. Okay. The seven cool. gateways that I discovered are, first, inner. There are people who say, <clears throat> the way you create heaven on earth is by creating in here. The more in here, the more out there. So therapy, workshops, art, all the things we do to create more expression of our heaven on earthliness or clean up the garbage in the way. A second, living a global value. We all know people for whom love or harmony. My wife's is joy. (coughs) Excuse me. My wife's is joy. That's what she's about in life. A third is relationships with yourself, with another, with God, the divine. Then there are people who say, well, what about the external world? Yes, your wife, Cynthia, would be very much the gateway of external world. End a suffering, hunger, poverty, war. That's a major gateway. Have an institution. What if the purpose of institutions, and and you're into uh, business for sure, but what if the institutions, business, religion, uh, law, government, what if their purpose was to help co-create heaven on earth? What would they do? Another gateway is nations. What if my nation were a heaven on earth nation there are people who are doing this now by the way <clears throat> and then the last one is and you re- referenced it earlier this here now is heaven on earth the realization the belief that it isn't is what prevents us from experiencing it yeah. so my book goes into each of those seven in detail and how you can open them up so that you end up with your own heaven on earth project that's where i want you to end up So let me talk about some of the projects and there's a, there's a common theme that I discovered about two or three months ago that just was like blaringly obvious until I saw it. A woman put her definition of heaven on earth at the end of every email she sends out. Simple. Mm -hmm. A police officer who, you know, and I know Justin uh, wrote a 16 page manual called heaven on earth for law enforcement. A real estate agency in Canada <clears> that wants to end homelessness. And they've created a program called A Home for Everyone, whereby each agent con- has agreed to contribute $100 off each commission check. They've raised over $200,000. And they give that away every year <clears throat> to groups or individuals who are promising a home for everyone. Then we go all the way up to a woman in Austria, Elizabeth. I was doing a webinar one day and she said, hmm, my project is Austria is a heaven on earth nation. And I went, what? Why would you say something like that? And she said, well, because it's simple. Simple. So what I discovered, Blaine, is that each of those people had discovered their simple. So my new question to people is, what's your simple? Because when you discover what your simple is, you will move. You will be part of co-creating Heaven on Earth. On my website, uh, projectheavenonearth.com, there's information on the book, you can sign up for a course, and there's a a tab called Stories. I have 63 examples from all over the world, many of them, the majority of them, with links so you can see. And the one I'm I'm really proud of is my wife and I spend the summers in Prince Edward Island, Canada, which is a province, it's the smallest one, it's the birthplace of Canada, so it has a very important role in the psyche of the country. And we declared, a group of us about 10 years ago, Prince Edward Island is Canada's first heaven on earth province. We have a coffee shop that has created a heaven on earth coffee blend. A tea merchant has created a heaven on earth tea blend. A jewelry shop owner, she owns two stores in town. She gives away the, my three little questions with every purchase. She's given away almost 10,000. The Kiwanis Club has a new award called the Heaven on Earth Leadership Award. Open to any student on the island, public or high school, who has done a project which for them is heaven on earth. And then last summer <clears throat> in launching the book, I interviewed each of the four political party leaders on the pro- in the province about what heaven on earth is for them, the world, the province, and what they're gonna do about it in the next 24 hours. So I wanna tell you that this is more than, much more than just a good idea. Yeah,
0: It is moving globally. That's why I wanted to have you on. Uh, it is moving globally. And when, when you first you know, brought this to my attention a number of years ago, um, I was just kind of like, wow, that's, that's a big deal. Heaven on earth. Uh, how do you, how do you make that granular? How do you bring it? To, and it is acting locally to have an impact globally. Cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, to, you know, not to be cliche here, but that's literally what it is. And one of the ways that I kind of organize my thinking a lot of times around possibilities is that it's already happened. I just haven't arrived yet. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. So heaven on earth already does exist. We just haven't arrived yet. And we will know arrival when everybody begins behaving as if, thinking as if, smelling as if, and acting as if it's already here. And it's well, not hard to do. Let one person at a time. One
1: story at one a time. One action at a time. <clears throat> Excuse my throat. <clears> throat> the um, if you put in the phrase "heaven on earth" into Google, "heaven on earth 2017," you'll get about 155 million results. Not not just for me, but from that phrase. <clears throat> if you then put it in "heaven on earth 2018," you'll get about 212 million. If you put in "heaven on earth 2019," you'll get about 169 million. We are about 89% of the entirety of last year. And where are we now? Roughly the beginning, the beginning of March, yeah. two months into the year. And we're over 80% of the entirety of last year. So something clearly is going on. This meme, this platform, is, is it's coming in.
0: There is momentum building. It's already here. We just haven't arrived. And it looks like we can see it on the horizon.
1: <clears throat> Very clearly.
0: Yeah, that's exciting. And for me, I mean, uh, the idea of heaven on earth in a business is where a soul gets to thrive. Uh, well, let me ask, <clears throat> let me tell you how
1: that's been uh, engaged with. Excuse I'm going to put you on mute for one second. Yeah. There's a consultant in Sweden who uh, works on courage, on having people and companies, corporations take on courage, courageous acts. She was looking for something next that she didn't know what it was. She took my three questions and we talked about it and she's added question two a, which is here's a magic wand and with it, you can have heaven on earth. What's heaven on earth for your business? Which I thought was a brilliant, brilliant question in terms of why can't your business and it can contribute to heaven on earth Yeah. so ask the question, what's heaven on earth for my business and how do I begin making that real in the world?
0: And on that particular question, I'm going to begin to bring this episode to a close. <laughs> um, heaven on earth, uh, it, it does exist. It does exist, not just as a concept. There are pockets of it everywhere. And for those of you listening, it can be, po- and one of those pockets can be your business. You know, and the soul of your business begins to thrive the bolt, the soul of your business begins to emerge in a way that is generative, that allows for people to feel connected and alive. You're going to be cooking with gas, to be colloquial here. It's uh, you know, you you start having some very interesting things happen. So I want to uh, thank Martin, Martin Root, my guest, um, both in the last episode but also in this one. Uh, how can we get an, uh, more information on this project, Heaven on Earth? Two ways. Uh, this book,
1: Project Heaven on Earth, is available <clears throat> on Amazon globally. And you can sign up for a free course and a weekly blog, also free, uh, and see the stories and, and the old blogs and tons of stuff on my uh, website, projectheavenonearth.com. Earth, projectheavenonearth, all one word, dot com.
0: Great. And well, let me
1: know. Write me. There's, my address is on the website. Let me know what you're doing to bring Heaven on
0: Earth into the world. Perfect. I love it. And I just want to thank again Martin Root for being my guest. This is Blaine Bartlett, um, the soul of business with Blaine Bartlett. You can get more information about the soul of business by going to my website at BlaineBartlett.com or uh, my company website at avatar-resources.com. And there's also a blog that has a number of different posts around this uh, particular topic called Ideals in Motion, one word, idealsinmotion.com. And until next time, This is Blaine Bartlett. Enjoy the rest of your day and continue to have the soul and the spirit move what you do. Take care. Bye.